this is Sean Clark with Horrors Hollowed Grounds and the Thing with Two Heads podcast. But right now you're listening to the Phantasm podcast. So listen to this one, then go listen to mine after. Phantasm. Hey, this is Dr. Vincent West, medical doctor from the Phantasm Podcast, and I have a very special guest today. It's our uh, five-year anniversary of Phantasm, and uh, with me today is Sean Clark, a uh, horse hall at grounds. This guy is a plethora of knowledge of horror movies, and Sean, it is so exciting to have you back on the podcast. It's been a few years, but I'm so excited to have you back on. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, And... uh, just to kind of jump right in with you, and we were talking about this before we started here, or, or I was asking you about it. Um, I'm a huge fan of having your um, Horace Hall of Ground stuff as, as on extras on the Screen Factory releases, and I was curious, I'm sure some other people are as well as a fan like I am, what is going on, like why have they not been including those, or uh, what's going on with, with, with uh, those showing up as content? Um... You know, I mean, I I mean that's really more a question for Cliff McMillan and Jeff Nelson. Um, I'm definitely willing to still do stuff, right? And would love to still do things. I mean, yet they they I mean, it's not like they've cut ties with me. I I spoke to Cliff two weeks ago uh, in regards to some other stuff, but. but as far as the horizontal ground stuff goes, yeah, I mean, they've offered me a few things here and there that weren't movies I was really into. Right, um, right. And if I'm not a, a fan of the content, it's it's really hard for, you know, I, I don't want to phone it in. I, I want it to be genuine. Right. Um, and, um, you know, but they have put out some stuff that I would have loved to have done. And, you know, for example, the Friday 13th box set, um, I had so many people reach out to me when it was announced, you know, going, oh, my God, are you finally going to be doing the Friday 13th? I was going to ask the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, they never asked. And then they had someone else do kind of do, I don't want to call it a knockoff, but, you know, it is what it is, a a locations piece uh, instead of me. And, you know, I don't, I don't knock anybody for, you know, I'm not trying to put, because actually the guy, Michael Gingold, who did, uh, he did part one, maybe he did part two. I, I, I watched it once, I don't remember, but, you know, I know him. Uh, right. He used to write for Fangoria Magazine. He's a oh, good okay. guy. But, right. but, you know, people like my style. They like the way I do it. They're used to that. Right. And I got a lot of feedback from that, you know, like people going, you know, who's this guy? You know, like, did they replace you? And, you know, what are they thinking? And blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, you know, there's been a couple others, too. I mean, it, it, they've been bringing in other people to do the same thing I do. Um, and, you know, not to try to be arrogant or anything, but, 
I've seen some of it, and I don't think it it's as good as what I do. It isn't. Um, if you don't mind me saying that, because I, I don't think yeah. it is at all. I was really disappointed with that Friday the 13th Extras disc. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I won a, a Saturn Award for the, the the extras we did for the Halloween box set, and I'm super proud of that box set. I think we it's amazing. It it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, and I would have loved to have been able to contribute that type of effort to a Friday the 13th box set, but you know, it just didn't happen. Um, no, honestly, would I have had time to to do it all? You know, probably not. Would I have liked to have done a few of my episodes for sure? Sure. Um, I mean, I just shot Friday 13th part three and part six and I'm currently editing right now really just to put up yeah just to put on my YouTube channel so those will be up um I'm trying to decide how I want to release them my my original plan was to put part six out last Sunday which was the 35th anniversary of part six but I right I got so buried getting ready for I had a huge convention last weekend flashback and Chicago and I had 21 clients there and I had four clients that scares the care in in, uh, Virginia the same weekend so I was really overwhelmed Um, so I wasn't able to get it done in time so now I've been kind of focusing on dropping it this Friday which is Friday the 13th Um, but I kind of feel weird bringing out part 6 before part 3 even though I'm not doing four or five yet <laughs> i'm just kind of the opportunities arose and i just i took them you know like i had an opportunity to get on the uh, you know it's a uh, filming lot um a uh, ranch a filming ranch where they shot part three nice not open to the public oh, okay and i an opportunity presented itself uh where i was able to go do it and i'm like i can't pass this up i've never never seen this stuff so i did that and then I just figured, well, let's do a whole episode and knocked it all out. And then I did a big Georgia trip a couple months ago and shot like six different episodes while I was in Georgia. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I did Friday 13th Part 6, uh, a movie called Little Darlings, which okay. that episode is up already. Nice. I did Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Okay. I did Pet Cemetery 2. Oh, it's a good one. Willie's Wonderland. That episode's up. So Pet Cemetery 2, Willie's Wonderland, and Little Darlings, which is not a horror film. It's a 80s teen comedy dramedy, um, which I'm doing some non-horror things under the banner Hollywood's Holograms. Oh. Um, so I've been doing some non-horror stuff. Like I did a Fast Times episode. Awesome. Times Ridgemont High about, mm, God, just a two three months ago and okay. it's i think it might be my surprisingly my best uh as far as viewing numbers i mean it, it's killed for some reason um uh and i love that movie it's a great movie but i was shocked at how how you know it's already over fifty thousand views so right like, damn um but so yeah i've been doing doing a lot of stuff so i'm trying to decide do i put part three out on Friday or do I do part six I kind of want to do part six because I've had there's some fans there's a part six event happening this Friday uh, at the camp in Georgia oh wow and I've had several fans message me saying I really want your episode out before this happens so you know can use it as a guide uh, 
And I know they got, uh, they're doing tours and stuff there, but I also know I found some locations nobody's ever found before. So awesome. It's one of those things. Do I want to be a dick and kind of hold those back a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> or do I want to share the love right out the gates? So everybody you know, copies me. I don't know, you know, but you know, I don't know. I'm trying to, I, I, I'll probably just drop part six on Friday. I have a question for you about part three. Where, where was that shot? It's called uh, Val Valzé Ranch in Santa Clarita, California. Really? Yeah, it's a it's a movie ranch. They shoot tons of stuff there. They've shot like some Westworld there. They've shot um, most recently. They shot Three from Hell there. Oh wow! Um, yeah, they have a whole Mexican town set. They I also did that while I was there as well. I I shot at least all that stuff I needed from Three from Hell, so I could wow put an episode together. Um, not high on my priority list, but I figured while I was there, I might as well grab that sure. footage. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, um, but yeah, it was just uh, my buddy Robert Patterson, who oddly enough is the guy who writes my Horse Hog Grounds articles now in Horror Hound. Okay. Um, he somehow got a hookup, and he called me up and said, "Dude, you want to go?" I'm like. Pfft. You know, Pope religious. What do you think? Yeah, right. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> right. That's that's wild. I did I did not. Now, is that the only one that was shot in California? No, part four and five were shot oh, in California. I did not know that. Yeah, four was in uh, um, um, Laurel, but not Laurel Canyon, uh, Topanga Canyon, um, California, and then uh, part five. I forgot what the city is. Um, it's kind of, it's up in that same area, kind of near Magic Mountain, but I can't remember the name of the city where the house is. Oh, wow. Yeah, unfortunately, the house where most of the action takes place, it's on an avocado grove, uh, it's, and it's totally fenced off, and they're very, very, very anti Friday 13th fans. Oh. So, Although you can kind of see it from the street, you know, it, you, nobody has ever gotten on the property to this day as far as uh, Friday fans. Oh, wow. Mm. I was going to ask you to go back to the, the stuff. Can you talk a little bit, and I don't know if this is something you can talk about or not. I I'm, I'm actually would be fascinated to hear this from you. The stuff that, that you were like, eh, I don't want to... Because, I mean, it makes total sense to me if it was a movie you weren't into, if they've offered something yeah. for you to do. Well, what's a couple of the ones, if you can talk about that, that, that they were like, hey, would you do this? And you're just like, eh, I just don't really want to do that. No. Um, yeah, they asked me to do, and I wanted to. Um, well, I can tell you a few that, yeah, this one... Okay, so I did all the extras for the last My Bloody Valentine release, and I planned on doing... Uh, a horizontal grounds for it. Peter Cowper, who played the minor, was going to go with me and everything. Um, it was all set to go. And I kind of have to throw blame on my cameraman because he flaked at the last minute and it kind of threw everything off. I mean, now things are different now, you know, because during the pandemic, I kind of just taught myself how to do it on my own. Right. You know, you know and the equipment has gotten so much better, you know, in recent years that, you know, a selfie stick and, a, and an iPhone 12 Pro and you're golden, you know? Right. Um, so had I, had I been in that mode, I probably would have just went. But without him there, um, 
I just, you know, it just, we lost time. And then they, they have severe winters there because it's sure. in Nova Scotia, Canada. Right. And as it got a little bit, I mean, we were talking, we were, we were planning on going right at the end before it started snowing. So when we lost that little bit of time, it, it just screwed us. Now, as far as ones that they offered me that I didn't do, that I wanted to, um, they offered me the fly, uh, Cronenberg's The Fly and sure. Dead Zone. Man, and, I, God, I would have killed because I just got that Dead Zone. That's my favorite Stephen King movie. That's my favorite Cronenberg movie, oddly enough. And I I would have shit yeah. to have you do something with that because I, I think and, that movie's so awesome. I think it's underrated. Yeah, it is. And I, and I probably still will go do it, you know, for my channel. Um, but at the time, it was like they needed it in a certain amount of time. And it was like, well... If you want me to fly all the way to Toronto and do this, it's two flights, hotel room, need to rent a car. I mean, right there, two flights from L.A. round trip, rental car for it's probably going to take three days, you know, minimum. Uh, and hotel, you know, you're looking at right there, probably close to two grand sure. just in expenses. Sure. Okay. They were offering me and that's for two movies. They were only offering me like they were offering me less than that to to to, to hand in a completed project. Now was the two films? So the the fly was Toronto as well. Yeah, they're both shot in Toronto. Okay, I did not and, know. And and I was you know and and I here's the the big problem is that nowadays as physical media is starting to die and less stores are carrying it and all this stuff, budgets are shrinking. Um, so they don't have as much money to play with. And at that point, it was kind of late in the, they had already like uh, utilized a lot of their budget for other bonus features for those two releases. Right. And they had X amount of money left. And they said, well, this is all we can offer. And I'm like, that doesn't even cover my expenses. You know, as much as I'd love to do it. Right, right. For me to drop everything and just jam up, you know, I got to pay my cam I mean my camera guy I have to pay him I have to pay an editor now I do everything myself so oh, wow. I've taught myself you know how to do it all and but you know at that time I was like dude this is you know this is going without paying the cameraman and editing it's two thousand dollars and just travel right. hotel and travel so so I, it just didn't happen but I, I when the convention thing was going strong, I was in Toronto at least once a year. Right. So I plan next time I go back, I'll definitely do those two. I also plan on doing American Psycho and oh, wow. Prom Night and Black Christmas while I'm there. Oh, Just wow. The American Psycho, time. that would be amazing. <laughs> What's that? American oh, yeah, Psycho. No. And, and I've been to all those places already. I did a, you know, I did a written article in Whorehound ages ago. So it's, and it, it's kind of a bummer because I've been to all these places and I did written articles with photos. And now that I'm realizing I could, could have shot episodes, you know, myself, you know, I, I, the reality is I didn't, you know, I didn't have a phone good enough to do it then. But it's just a bummer that I'm having to go all the way back and do these again. Like right now I'm trying to plan a trip to the UK to go back to places I've already been, but, you know, do proper episodes for like Clockwork Orange, Hellraiser, Shaun of the Dead, 
uh, American War for London, you know, wow. the Omen. So, well, so the last for for everybody listening, for myself included. So the last thing that you did for Screen Factory was it was it My Bloody Valentine then? That's the last. That is the last thing I did. Um, extras wise, I did do. The very last thing I did for them was I did the audio commentary for Idle Hands. Oh, so, okay. I haven't picked that so, up yet. I've been wanting that one. Yeah, so I hosted that with Devin Sawa, Vivica Fox, Seth Green, and Eldon Henson. So it was I moderated the commentary, so we all recorded that together in the same room um, at a studio. And so that's technically the last thing I've done for Screen Factory was that. Okay. Um and like I said, um, you know, um, I was just talking to Cliff the other day about something. I mean, they asked me, they did reach out to me and ask me to do the Halloween one through five releases that are coming out. The uh, 4K. The 4K. Yeah. Yeah. And I honest, I said, look, you know, I just feel like I, what more can I do? I mean, I, I. At, at this point, I just feel like the, I mean, sure, there's a few people that we didn't get interviews with that you could you could get, and but I just felt like I'm trying to get blood from a stone a little bit here. So right, I did come up with an idea of a, a feature that I pitched to them, and they didn't. They seemed meh, they did they didn't seem very into it. Um, and I think it's already a little too late to add at this point, but. Um, but they did. But I did talk to Cliff about a couple unannounced titles that they're looking at for early release next year. That I said, you know, I could do those. I could do those because they were both shot in L.A. They wouldn't be that hard, right? And I'm interested. So we'll see where it goes from there. And and if that's the case, you know, I mean, they might be a little. Um, I know they weren't thrilled with the fact that I started my YouTube channel and was putting everything on there. Right. But I do own those episodes. They're mine, and those things have been out a long-ass time. And, to be fair, every one of those Scream Factory releases I worked on were already on YouTube illegally. Somebody else had put them up, you know? Oh, wow. You know, I'm looking at, like, some of my episodes had close to half a million views, and... They're not getting anything for it. I'm not getting anything for it. You right, know? sure. So I went through and had them all taken down and started my own channel. Um, and then the funny thing is that Scream Factory actually reached out to me and, and asked me to take them down. And I'm like, but, you know, first off, no, you know, because they're mine. And, right. And I had an agreement that they... and. Yeah, so it's a long story, but the agreement I had with them uh, was they get six months exclusivity, and then I can do whatever I want with them. Okay. That was the agreement, although when I brought that back up to them, nobody seemed to remember ever agreeing to that. <laughs> but, wow. But, you know, my argument was, so you guys are going to come after me and ask me to take my episodes down, but they've been on YouTube since the day those DVDs came out illegally by some kid, you know, who put them up. You didn't ask him to take them down. Right. And I also pointed out to them, 
you know, and this isn't me. I'm not fighting with them. You know, this is, I, I'm totally good with them, and I'm not trying to right, right. put them down by any means. But, you know, I'm like, look, all the bonus features I did for the Halloween box set, like the making of Halloween 4, Halloween 5, whatever, they're all on YouTube also. No, And I pointed it out to them. I said, why don't you get them to take those down? Right. <laughs> they're still there. That's so, crazy. Yeah, well, I mean, you did. You did. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong. You did a really nice uh, thing for the uh, 40th uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre as well, didn't you? Um, I did a chainsaw episode. Um, I think it's, it's on that set I've got. It's on that. It's on that 40th set. It's super amateur hour because it was. It it's was great, Sean. I love it. Uh, well, I'm, I'm glad people like it. Um, but it, it was the second episode I ever did. Really? Yeah, we shot that in like 2006. Oh, wow. And, and I was just, I I never did anything. I showed it at a convention, at conventions, like once in a while we would screen it at conventions because it wasn't out there. But then when I heard Dark Skies was putting out that 40th edition, I reached out to them directly and said, hey, I don't know if you know who I am, if you've seen my stuff on Scream Factory. I shot a Chainsaw episode. It's finished. You can have it. I don't want anything. You know, just include it. I'd love people to see it. Right. And they were like, absolutely. And they put it on. So, um, I, I would it, love to see some. Out. Yeah, that's amazing. I would love to see some of your stuff on some of these amazing Arrow releases. You know, I have tried to work with them. I have. I have talk to the main guy directly in person because he sometimes would come to Texas right there right. and get a booth. I think his name's Ewan or something. Okay. Something, something like that. Um, and I've said, look, guys, I'd love to work with you guys, but nothing. No love. Uh, See, that's amazing although, to me because there's so many titles that I mean, you talking about you doing Hollywood stuff, and again, I'm not trying to say these are films you like, but I would have sold yeah. my soul on that Flash Gordon set they put out to have something with you doing something on that. <laughs> now, I don't know if you're a fan. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that movie, and I, I was like, man, that would just be the, the coolest thing in the world to me. Well, I'll tell you what, man. It, uh, it, this, was, this was a little bittersweet for me. I, was, I had been working on this Fast Times episode for... I worked on it for close to a year because there are so many locations in that movie. I bet. And I'm I'm a real completist. I kind of, you know, there's all these other YouTubers that do filming location stuff. And if if they don't do everything, I, to me, it's like, you know, you're just, you're clickbait. You're up there trying to hear, you know, here's my Halloween filming locations and you do the Myers house and you do the Strode house. You know, it's like, no, you need to do everything. You right. need to go to every spot. And so I'll sit on episodes for a couple of years until I get them finished. I mean, I started, for example, I started working on Rob Zombie's Halloween last October. Wow. And I've sat on it this long because there was one place I needed to get into that was closed because of the pandemic. I hadn't had a chance to get in there. And I'm like, nope, I'm not going to put this out unless it's finished, unless I found everything. Um, so I'm still sitting on that, but uh, but uh, oh shit, what was I? I, I got a brain fart. I lost where I was at with this. <laughs> what was I talking? Oh, fast times. Yeah, fast times. So so I've been working on it, and it was close to being done, and then 
uh, I heard that they were doing this Criterion Blu-ray. So I reached out to Criterion and I said, look, this is what I do. I've you know, done stuff for Scream Factory, Anchor Bay, Dark Skies. You know, here's what it is. I've already coincidentally started filming a Fast Times episode. If you guys want it, it would be an honor to be on a Criterion disc, you know? Absolutely. And they were like, yeah, we, this is great. You know, we, we watched some of your stuff. It's amazing. Um, problem is, we need it like ASAP. We need it like within a week. Oh, and there was just there was just no way there was no way I could get it done, and I wasn't going to turn it in unfinished. You know, I wanted to have it complete, and you know that could be my, you know, I, I maybe I'm my own worst enemy with that. You know, because <laughs> you know, like for example, I've been working on Killer Clowns from Outer Space and Lost Boys for like two years. Lost Boys, that's just, awesome. Yeah, and just like well, Lost Boys is technically. Lost Boys is technically 11, what is that, 11 years in the making. I'll explain that in a minute. Okay. But I recently have been focusing on those two, and I needed to get them done. And I've been waiting for the boardwalk in Santa Cruz to reopen and all the rides to be open and available so I could get in and get all the shots I needed. And um, there's another guy that does what I do that, I think about a month ago he put up both of them like he went to Santa Cruz and did them and I was just like fuck you know although he missed a bunch of stuff missed a bunch of stuff so you know but it was just like damn you know it just you know I've been kind of sitting on these and nobody had done Killer Clowns really so I was like I'm gonna knock this out of the park but whatever it is what it is you know I mean um, and I've met the guy actually met him for the first time uh, like a month ago at a convention Um, he came up to me and actually you know was a fan of what I do and you know and I I said I like the stuff he does as well you know that's when he's doing stuff that I haven't done or wasn't planning on doing right Um, but uh, but I gave him some shit because uh he had his Lost Boys episode listed as the complete, and he even put the word complete in caps, <laughs> the complete Lost Boys filming locations. I'm like, dude, you missed like five spots. I called him out, and he, and he laughed, and he said, well, it's the most complete until yours is out. I'm like, fair enough. <laughs> exactly. So. so Lost Boys, to me, uh, grew up with it, saw it in the theater as a kid, love it. It's my favorite vampire movie. I'm a big Hammer horror fan, but I, Lost Boys is my vampire. Movie. A lot of people's is Fright Night. A lot of, and I've got other friends that uh, love uh, Near Dark. But for me, love all three. Of them. Oh, they're they're great. But for me, Lost Boys is man. You, you got to tell us about how Lost Boys came about for you to want to start doing that. Yeah, well, well, you know, I've been like a, I've been doing location stuffs. My first location video technically was 1993. Wow. Which was, uh, Monroeville Mall, the Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> that's awesome. And if you watch my Dawn of the Dead episode that's on YouTube, I, I used current footage with footage I shot in ninety three, so it's a really it's it it's a real cool mix. It was a bitch to edit. Took me forever. But I had so many people reach out to me and say how much they dug seeing that footage in there. Um but um anyway 
I used to represent Corey Haim. Oh. And yeah, so he was not only a friend, but he was a client. And I, you know, I had been doing the horizontal ground stuff already. It was fairly new. You know, it was probably only at that point, maybe 10 episodes in, maybe less. And I said, hey, man, what would you think about coming with me to Santa Cruz and, you know, co-hosting that episode with me? And he was like, dude, let's do it. Let's fucking do it. That'd be awesome. And he was all into it. And so I said, killer. I knew he, you know, when I have a special guest, like you saw, like my Halloween episode in PJ Souls, you know, she comes to the locations. You can't have them going around with you everywhere, especially with like Lost Boys. Most of the film is shot up in Santa Cruz, which is, you know, five plus hours away from Los Angeles. Right. But then there's several scenes they shot in LA. So I figured, you know what? I'll start with the LA footage, get that done, and then, you know, I'll make arrangements to to go up there with Corey. Well, we shot at the cave, which uh, is in uh, his Palace of Verdes. Wow. Um, on the coast. It's LA County. And, um, so I shot the cave stuff and all the area where the car pulled up, you know, and they went down the stairs. Uh, those stairs don't really exist, but you know, in the movie. Okay. But, um, so I shot all that and then Corey passed away. So, you know, and it was obviously sudden and unexpected. Absolutely. And it just really kind of killed my motivation to finish the episode I was just like well sure. you know this is a bummer I was all psyched me and Corey were going to do this and you know yeah. no, that's not going to happen um, so I kind of shelved it and it's just been in recent about the last two years or so I've been like you know I think it's time to you know finally finish it and um, so that's that that's what I've been you know I've been working on doing that and I've been sitting on it for shit I was planning on doing it before the lockdown happened of March of 2020 you know right and when the lockdown happened you know that that just you know anything I you know I was able to do a lot of location stuff during the lockdown but if it was anything you needed to get inside forget it you know right exactly um outside no problem you know it was actually great during the lockdown because nobody was out around there was no traffic it was awesome um but to get inside something and i needed to get on that boardwalk uh where tons of stuff happened in the movie and right you know inside the merry-go-round which is enclosed you know um so i wanted to make sure when i went it was fully open. And okay. Same thing with Killer Clowns. They shot the end of Killer Clowns on that boardwalk. I did not know that. Yeah. So if you if you remember the end of the movie, sure. Uh, you see them driving through like a little amusement park, and it gets to the part where it says like the crazy house, and the security guard you know yeah. sees the, the little clown car pull up, and they all get out and they throw pies at them. Yeah. That was all inside that same little amusement park. Wow. Uh, on the boardwalk in Santa Cruz. So, um, 
I, I wanted to make sure I could get all that stuff. And they also shot them. They shot a lot of stuff of killer clowns in Santa Cruz and a nearby town about, it's about, uh, uh, five to eight miles away, a town called Watsonville. They shot a lot of the movie in Watsonville. So from my house, I'm in South Orange County. It's a six and a half hour drive. Oh, wow. So yeah, I'm not just going to boogie up there. And, you know what I mean? Plus, I mean, we stayed three nights and I just barely got everything done. Um, cause there's a lot of stuff and it's spread out. And I'm also very kind of meticulous and trying to line shots up and I try to get everything perfect. And, um, I was still trying to, you know, I knew general areas, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure where everything was. Like, for example, in killer clowns, the thing that's the crazy house, that's a facade they built in front of something else. And it took me a couple hours to figure out where it was. Oh wow! I'm like, I finally noticed something that gave it away, and I'm like, "There it is! Fuck yeah!" And then <laughs> I started lining up. I was like, "Yes!" So I got it. Um, but yeah, no, we literally just got back. You know, right now you and I are talking. It's Sunday. We just got back Friday night from from Santa Cruz. So, uh, so all that footage is fresh, and it was also cool. Mike Martinez, who played many of the clowns in the film, okay. Um, he he lives there. Uh, he met up with me and he went to some of the locations and had great stories and stuff. It was really cool. So he, he's going to be a little surprise guest. And I actually just confirmed yesterday, I was talking to Grant Kramer, who plays Mike Tobacco, the lead in the film. Yes. And he's, he's going to do uh, one location with me. There's, an, there's one L.A. location and he's going to do that with me. Um, uh, whenever we have the time to figure out, you know, when we can meet up and do it. So that's incredible. Now and, for, and it's actually the last location in the film. So it works that he'll be like the last surprise guest. Oh, perfect. The episode. Are you going to do, uh, for lost boys, are you going to try to get anybody else to come in and maybe pop up in that or, uh, no, I mean, nah, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm good friends with Alex. Uh, Alex Winter, who played Marco. Right. Um, but all his scenes with him. Well, you know, there is one location I could get him to. You know what? I may talk to him, but he's, he can be a little weird about things, though. <laughs> I love the guy, but, but he's, he's not as easygoing, laid back as some other people. He might be a little uptight about it. I don't know. He's also not somebody who's big on looking back at his career. Right. He's, um, so I don't know if he'll be totally into it, but you know what? I am going to hit him up because the one location we could do, which isn't that far out of the way, it would be a little bit of a drive for him because it is probably 45 minutes from his house, um, is the bridge from Lost Boys. Uh, that is actually a lot of people. Th- there's a bridge that looks just like it in Santa Cruz and everybody thinks that's the bridge, but it's not. Really? It's actually in uh, Santa Clarita, right uh, right across the freeway from Magic Mountain Park. The Magic Mountain Amusement Park. Six yes. Flags. Yeah. Yeah, that's where it is. So the one they were hanging from in the movie that. that they that they were hanging on. Exactly. That's Hold awesome. Two seconds. I got Chris Nelson calling in the other line. It's no problem. I'll call him back. Okay. 
I just I told him I, I said I'm doing a podcast and I'm saying great things about you, so I need to say how great <laughs> Christopher Academy Award winner Christopher Nelson is. That's awesome. But yeah, yeah so, but I, hope, so, I hope to God that that's a good idea. I, you know, it's funny. I didn't even think about it till you mentioned it. But you know, because you know the whole thing with Corey that bummed me out. Sure. And then I I also worked with Brooke McCarter. Oh. Um, and he also passed away not too long after Corey. And Brooke would have totally done it too. He was a super like chill guy that would have been like, "Fuck yeah, bro, let's do it." Dude, you know, if you. If you if you had any idea what a huge fan of Thrashing I am, oh well, I'm gonna do an episode of Thrashing with Robert Russell. Oh done? my god, you just made my whole year. <laughs> so that'll be one of those Hollywood holograms. When when Robert showed up, I believe it was in the Halloween three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talking about nightmare, <laughs> nightmare two. You know, I mean, what's funny is, and I never. This is kind of just. I guess me being naive um when I first you know our first official ep- well it was actually our second ep- no third episode because our second episode was Chainsaw first episode was Halloween our third episode was Nightmare on Elm Street and that episode we knocked it out of the park because we had uh um because it was being made for the Never Sleep Again documentary right and we had full support of everybody and like Heather Langenkamp was on board and you know um, so I had Heather Langenkamp in the episode I had Tina Amanda Wiss in the episode I had the hall monitor in the episode I was just I, I mean, it's just chock full of celebrities right well I worked with Robert Russell who's a good friend and Marshall Bell who played the coach in part two <laughs> great and and I was talking to Russell about it and I was like you know I wish there was a you know wish there was a way we could work you in this thing and then I, I said you know what if you we pretend you know you bump into me on the street and you're like dude what are you doing you know and like you have sunglasses on and I'm just kind of like oh I'm doing this Elm Street thing and you're like I'm in Elm Street you take your sunglasses off like you know hey you know who I am like that you know <laughs> and and I'm like oh my god Robert Russell and he's like yeah dude you know well you know I could take you over to the part two locations right now you know and I'm like, oh, yeah, I appreciate that, but this is, you know, part one, you know, the classic, you know, and then kind of insult him. <laughs> so, so we had this whole thing planned out, and then, then we took it a step further and said, well, what if Marshall Bell steps in, you know, and he makes us do the, you know, like the, 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 the standing push-up things, you know. <laughs> it <like>, hot. <laughs> and it just all worked out. So that was funny, and people thought it was funny, and then when the next episode we did was Halloween 2. We were doing Halloween 2 and 3 back to back. And I was like, what if this became a running gag where Rustler just keeps popping up? <laughs> and he's like, dude, Elm Street 2. So we did that. We it, The funny part is, you know, he, if you watch those episodes, you just think, you know, he's popping up at two different locations. We literally shot the part two and part three pop-ups the same day on the same street, just across the street from each other, we just changed clothes, you know? And so we made it like, oh, we popped, you know, bumped into them again. But what I was naive about was thinking that people are watching these in order, you know? Right. So if you watched part three first, you're like, what the hell is this dude 
pop and I'm giving him shit about yeah, it doesn't make any sense if you watched them in order it makes sense so I was like well you know I didn't think of that <laughs> you know so well I, I've never got to meet him but that movie is near and dear to my heart that Olive Blu-ray is one of my most cherished uh, possessions, and I've I've seen that movie so many times. I have uh, all the bookmark because I I never had the soundtrack as a kid, and I would always try to find. So when people were uploading like that White Tiger song from the pool scene, and just I, I can't tell you what a huge fan I am. And like if I ever got to meet him, he's probably going to be like security because I <laughs> I'm telling you, him and Josh Brolin, like I would lose it and. You know, it's it's just one of those movies that I rented a lot on VHS as a kid, and I'm obsessed with it. So, a lot of people are into rad. I'm a thrashing kid. So. Nah, thrashing all day over rad. Yep. And even though I own the screen used skateboard, Christian Slater's screen used skateboard from Gleam in the Cube, that is amazing, still sir. A far superior film. That's amazing, though. That's really <laughs> yeah. Gleam in the Cube's another. That's a really good one. But yeah, Robert popping up and all that stuff was just really uh, just a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So I'd be dying to see what you do with Thrash, and that would be must-see on your YouTube channel for that. That's amazing. Well, I had another idea. I ran it by, I don't know if have you heard of Adam the Woo. No. He's another YouTuber who, he's probably, I would say, the, as far as popularity, as far as subscribers, you think he has like 600,000 subscribers wow you know he he does what I do has a different style we're good friends I mean we even I've been in some of his videos he's been in some of mine um and uh anyway I had an idea I ran by him recently he thought it was pretty funny I was saying it would be funny if you we did a video where he's he starts it off like it's him hosting it and he's doing Elm Street 2 and he has Rustler and he's all you know, my, you know special guest Robert Rustler and we're going to do Elm Street he has this whole shtick he, 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 he has this like it's a thing he does every episode where he announces what the episode is and then he says join me shall you like that and, and that's how he starts every episode so um I said, you know, have you guys do that, and then when you get to the join me, and 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 I and he goes, shall you? And I step in and go, nope, <laughs> <laughs> and be like, no, but you know, this, what are you doing? And then Russell would be like, well, bro, you know, you're not returning my calls. This guy wants to do an Elm Street too, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll do an episode, but we ain't doing Elm Street too. We're doing thrashing, <laughs> and, then, and then we go into a thrashing episode. So he's. I'm telling you, it sounds silly to just keep talking, but when he added me on Facebook a few years ago, and I told, he asked me why, you know, why the hell are you trying to add me? And I was like, man, thrashing is like, and ever since then, like every blue moon, he, I'm not every one, but every blue moon, I had a birthday a few years ago, and he was just like, happy birthday from Hook. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me that he just put that, <laughs> that he just sent me that. Because not to just go super fanboy, I'm telling you, I love that movie. So that's, it's, I don't know what it is. I think people that grew up with that, I would have loved to have seen it theatrically. Unfortunately, where I lived in Florida, I never got to see it theatrically. But, man, that... Well, I do have something I've been sitting on. I've been trying to figure out what, how to how to make it work. But 
it wasn't anything we were doing professionally. We were just screwing around, but I, I edited it into the movie and it worked so well and I uploaded it to YouTube, but then it got immediately flagged for copyright content because I used clips and sound from the, from the film weird science. But when Robert and I were doing a convention in Chicago, I think in 2015, (laughs) maybe 5 p.m. so we had all a friday and he just out of the blue says hey man you want to you know you want to see the mall from weird science it's actually pretty close to here <laughs> i'm like fuck, fuck yeah i want to see the mall from weird science with max you know? <laughs> um so we went over there and one of the girls that works for me went with us and we were just looking at you know he's like oh this is where we did this scene and blah 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 and he's like, bro, you and I should reenact it. Like, have your girl film it. It'd be funny. And I'm like, yeah. So he and I reenacted a bunch of scenes in the mall. You know, me playing Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> and we we reenacted the, uh, going up the escalator and, you know, trying to turn around to chase after Kelly LeBrock. And we, re- we reenacted the dumping the Slurpee. We reenacted. It's um, incredible the whole scene where they're trying to apologize to the girls going, we're sorry, we're sorry. And they start doing those funny motions. Yeah. <laughs> so we re- we did all of that and I have it and it, and I edited it into the film and it works so well, but it's like, well, I mean, I could put it up still, but I couldn't monetize it. You know, I wouldn't make anything off of it. Sure. Maybe I will just put it up, but I was thinking, should I hold on to this and do a proper weird science episode? Or, you know, really cool. Know. That that's like, man, that vamp. I mean, those were things I remember seeing like a bunch. Of, Nightmare Two for some reason. Nightmare Two is like my favorite Freddy film too. Like I don't know why. I just love that movie. I don't love the movie, but I, it's my fav- favorite Freddy. I think it's the meanest, best looking Freddy. Man, um, there's something. Got, he has a more evil look in that film. Him popping up at that pool party that scared the yeah. hell out of me as a kid. And that the whole we're gonna help you, and he's like, "Help yourself, fucker!" Just all that. I love all yeah. that. Um, but yeah, that's amazing though. The, the weird science. Stuff. I bet that was cool to get to go to the mall with him too. Yeah, it was. And and we've talked about doing a vamp episode. We've talked about doing a sometimes they come back episode. That would be awesome too. Um, that shot in Kansas City. Really? Uh, yeah, but there's a convention nearby there that I keep. You know, we keep talking about it. If I get him booked into that show, we're going and we're going to shoot that episode while we're in town. You know, because what other opportunity are we going to have? You know, that would be incredible. I'll tell you the funniest thing about that movie. I had never seen Sometimes They Come Back Mm -hmm. till like later, like early 2000s or whatever. And I love this is embarrassing, but I love the movie Meatballs 4. And that one guy. That's in that movie with Robert. That's part of the like the guys in the car. I swear that's that same cat. That's like the evil counselor that Corey Feldman's like up against in that movie. Oh, uh-huh. I, I have to look that up. I don't know Meatballs Four that well. I'll tell you a, f- a real just st- crazy story because on Phantasm, I always try to get people to come on with us and watch like their stuff with us. Well, this 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 guy that does like a lot of like. AOR like hairband stuff throughout the 80s his name's Paul Sabu he did 
one of his bands, one of the incarnations of his bands, this band Only Child, did like the whole soundtrack for Meatballs 4. And like I messaged him on Facebook like, hey, would you come on? And like talk only child in this soundtrack for this movie because it's weird because the that album's like 1990 and it was like really hard to get and like this company Rock Candy reissued it and I got my hands on it so finally I've got the Meatballs Four soundtrack I've wanted it my, like since 92 when that movie I saw it on HBO like 4 a.m. I was like hey can you watch and he didn't believe me he thought I was like fucking with him and he got like really mad at me and I was like no dude seriously like you should come on and we'll watch Meatballs 4 and like we can talk about Meatballs 4 but it'd be awesome because your soundtrack's awesome and it's like this AOR hairband stuff kind of like that alien band that did the stuff for like the Blob you know the Blob remake with Kevin Dillon it's just this good AOR like underground AOR stuff like hairband stuff he was like no, no fuck like like really offended like thought I was making fun of him and I was like no I'm I'm being serious like like I think this would be really cool, and so I think sometimes people just don't understand like what 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 some people just really like certain movies. Like I I was being dead. Maybe he's embarrassed by it, or so I'm not really sure. But it was really funny to uh, approach yeah, someone about. You never about. know, man. You, you never know why uh, or what you know. Because you know sometimes people do you know goof on that that you know that type of music and that sure. era and this and that. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I'm a big fan of that stuff, but same here. When you mentioned White Tiger, and I was thinking, oh, Mark St. John. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, I'm. T- I mean, seriously, like I, it's, and I think a lot of it too because we d- we have a lot of like death metal and black metal stuff on our podcast. I think they thought I was like wanting to get him on to make fun. I really wasn't. I was being dead serious. I was like, because I started doing a separate podcast for stuff that doesn't really fit into that vein called Godless Heathens, and I've been getting people like I had. Uh, uh, the drummer for uh, Blue Oyster called on, and I've had some just oddball stuff that didn't really fit in our wheelhouse. And I was going to do that with this Paul Sabu cat because he was in that Only Child band that did the soundtrack for Meatballs Four, and he he literally thought I was making fun of him, and I was like, I'm dead serious, like <laughs> I'm so serious, like. And then Corey Feldman, I wouldn't even know how to approach someone like that about doing it. He'd probably think I'm insane too, but you know, but it's yeah, I wouldn't bother. Right, right. Yeah, it's yeah, it's waste wasting my breath. But but yeah, it's so. Tell us about. And I'm sorry, got on a rant about that. But um, hmm. for the for the Hollywood's uh, uh, ground stuff, like talk about that. Like some of the stuff you've done or you're wanting to do. Or um, well, I while I was stuck at home bored, and I was learning how to edit. I mean, I know how to edit. I've edited most of the Horace Hollandgrounds episodes, but I edited them with an editor sitting next to me and me telling him what to do. Right. I didn't know the software. Sure. So kind of as a test, just to learn the software, I, I put together this sort of make piece um, episode using footage I shot on a camcorder back in like 2000 six or something and photographs and all this stuff uh, I did dazed and confused and I went back awesome back to I went back to Austin not too long ago and did go film some stuff just for fun and so I was piecing it all together and it's 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 got lots of issues especially sound issues because I didn't have a professional mic yet so I'm like basically talking into my iPhone some people are complaining about the sound is all over the place and this and that. And I'm just like, well, yeah, I'm just learning how to use this shit. And, uh, but I put that together and that was like episode one of Hollywood's Hollywood Grounds is what I called it. 
And so I, I did that, and then I did... I know I did Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That's awesome. That guy, Adam the Woo, he actually went with me. I called him up, and I was like, this was in June, just, you know, a couple months after the lockdown. I have a friend that lives in Scottsdale, Arizona, and he called me up, and he goes, hey, man, you know the mall from Bill and Ted's? They're closing it permanently. They're going to, it's getting shut down. You know, they're probably going to tear it down and build apartments or something. And I'm like, oh, fuck, are you kidding me? I, I've always wanted to see the mall from Bill and Ted's. Right. And I was just like, you know, what else is there from Bill and Ted's? And I, you know, I started, I researched everything. And uh, so I was thinking, okay, it's like a five and a half hour drive um, from me. I was, you know, and I'm like, my girlfriend has zero interest in, in it, in Bill and Ted's. <laughs> So I called up Adam and I said, hey, man, would you want to go with me? You know, and like kind of be in the episode with me. But, right. You know, maybe you do. And he's like, you know what? I'll do a video on the the closing of the mall and the last night, you know, we'll go the last night. And, you know, and I'll, yeah, so we're doing something different. So he went with me and we literally, it's so funny because Arizona hadn't locked down yet. Okay. Because, um, you know, obviously, like, Arizona and Texas and Florida, you know, kind of doing their own thing. Right. Um, but they hadn't locked down yet. So we got there. It's so funny. We got there, I think, at, like, we arrived at our hotel at, like, 5.30 at night. And um, I... Uh, we're checking in and you know we had plans to do you know we had it mapped out everything we we're going to go to and i said something to the person behind the desk about the water park because there's the in the movie it's waterloo yeah um uh, it's well actually it's called water loops people think it's waterloo but it's water loops okay um and uh and i was telling you know about that water park and they said oh well you know it's as of tomorrow, it's closed. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? They said, oh, you know, they just announced this new ordinance and, you know, all water parks are going to, tonight's it, you know, it's today was the last day. And I'm like, holy shit. And I'm like, what time do they close? I'm looking, they close at 7 o'clock and it's 5.30. We jammed over there, you know, because it was the last night it was going to be open. And uh, we got in and, you know, we, I, I originally wanted to actually go to the water park and go down the slides and everything. Sure. But I just went there and I talked to one of the employees. And I said, hey, look, you know, big fan of Bill and Ted's. Would you mind if I just walked in and, took, you know, filmed some stuff and, you know, went up the, the stairs up to the top of the water slide and took some pictures, but, you know, don't actually go on anything. And they were like, go ahead. I was like, fuck yes. So, um, but we just squeaked that one in. You know, like literally would have been shit out of luck, you know. That's incredible you got that. Now, what about the restaurant where they have Napoleon at? the Like, I guess it's Ted's, bro- Ted's brother or Bill's brother. I can't remember. That was Ziggy's. Ziggy's, that's it. Yeah. Ziggy Piggy. Ziggy Piggy, the piggy, right, yeah. yeah. What that was at the time of filming was a showbiz pizza. <laughs> yeah, and, and how I know that is... You know, because everybody goes, oh, it was a Chuck E. Cheese. Well, it's currently a Chuck E. Cheese. 
but at the time it was a showbiz pizza. And if you look over the shoulder of one of the kids on the wall, you can see Billy Bear, uh, the, the mascot yeah. of showbiz pizza on the wall, like out of focus, but you can see him. And uh, also behind Napoleon, you see a little kid on a little, um, it's almost like a, it's a, one of those little kid little rides you put a coin in and ride yeah but it's it's like a little mini ferris wheel like you sit in a little car and you go around a circle uh-huh. um that was specific to showbiz pizza it had billy bear on it but they covered him up but it's definitely that you know i i this is the kind of shit i get crazy into i sit down i start getting technical and i'm pointing things out i'm like okay this is that and this is that and, it's incredible you know, I'm looking for names and street signs and, you know, signs on buildings. And, you know, I, I start to get into crazy deep dives of, of researching stuff. And it's funny, on that Bill and Ted's episode, everybody was saying that this one specific house was Bill's house. Um, and uh, it... Or is I always mix them up. Bill is Bill Alex Winter or is Ted? Yeah, Bill's Alex. Correct. Winter. Yeah, okay. yeah. So it was Bill's house, and I'm looking at this house, and I'm like, you know, it looks close, but it's not it. And I and I and I come to find that I found an old listing. The house had been listed online, and they had interior photos, and they had photos of the backyard, the inside of the house, the backyard was identical to the movie I mean identical it was definitely at a thousand percent but the outside the front exterior it was not it I'm like there's no way this could be the same house unless they remodeled it and it makes no sense because the inside is exactly the same they did not and you know clearly wasn't a current a new remodel they never remodeled it because I was right it was not that house but I couldn't find it for the life of me I couldn't find the exterior of the house I asked Alex Winter about it. He said, man, I don't remember. Um, and then I talked to Diane Franklin, who played one of the princesses. And she said, oh, that house was in Palos Verdes, California. And I'm like, wait, wait, what? And she goes, yeah, I remember that being Palos Verdes. And I said, you're telling me they shot the entire movie in Scottsdale, Arizona, but the one, the exterior of the house was in L.A.? That makes no sense. So I asked Alex, do you remember that? I don't remember. And if you think about it, there's only like two scenes. There's the opening scene where you see them in the garage, like they come out of the garage. Mm -hmm. And then there's the ending scene of the movie where the princesses show up at the garage. So uh, a buddy of mine who is just like a sleuth, I mean, you 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 tell him to find something. This dude can find it. I don't know how he does it. He won't tell me how he does it. He's a private detective. <laughs> he, he he has some he has some sources that are probably illegal. I don't know. But I sent him a picture of that house, and I said, "This is." She told me it's somewhere in this area. He comes back with, "This is where it was. It was torn down three years ago." <laughs> Here's a satellite view of the house before that you know before it was torn down. Here's a street view of it, 2017. Man, I'm like, oh, 100%. That's it. Unfortunately, at that point, I'd already put my episode up, um, so I did a little addendum to it, like Bill's house found. That's um, awesome. 
but it was like crazy you found it and one of the things that's really neat is when you let a homeowner know that their house was used in a movie and they had no clue because that's happened a few times do they get mad or are they happy when they find that out I've never had anybody get mad if they didn't know um, I've had somebody like kind of argue with me, like, "No, it wasn't." And I'm like, "Yeah, it was." <laughs> you know, I'll tell you that one in a second. But when I came up to the house, I mean, this is a multi-million-dollar neighborhood, like super, like you know, these houses are like you know, between like five to fifteen million-dollar homes. And Whoa! So I'm, I happen to pull up to this house. This is the house where Bill's house was. It was torn down and rebuilt. When I got there, a woman was out front like in the driveway with her kids and I walked up and I said excuse me and I said um, you know I don't mean to bother you I said but I'm a big fan of movie Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and you know and I know this this is where Bill's house used to be and she's like what and I said well I said you know the movie and she's like yeah and I said this is where Bill's house used to be and she's like are you serious I love that movie and I, I go yeah I said how long have you lived I said did you buy this house like in the last two years she goes yeah like two years ago and I said well I, I said here I can show you and I showed her pictures I said see that this is where it was they tore it down and this was rebuilt and she's like holy shit I had no idea she's like that is awesome she was super stoked that's really cool said, I said, so you see that garage you're in right now? That's where they were rehearsing, that same spot. And she's like, no way. I mean, she was super cool. And there was this one time I found the neighborhood from Return of the Living Dead Part 2 and the house that was the main house um, from the film. And I was out front taking pictures, and this guy walks out, and he goes, excuse me, you know, can I help you? And I said, oh, I'm just a big fan of the movie Return of the Living Dead Part 2, and it was filmed here. And he's like, um, no, it wasn't. I said, yeah, yeah, it was. They used this out. And she, he goes, no, you're, you're mistaken. And I said, no, no, they shot it here. And he goes, I'm the original owner. You know, I bought this house brand new. No one else has ever lived here. No, no movie was ever shot here. And I go, well, that's where you're wrong. It was shot here before you bought it. I said, I said, look, I'll show you. And I showed him the footage because if you watch that movie, you'll notice that the rest of the neighborhood, like probably five or six houses around that house are finished, but as they're going down the street, you'll notice the other houses are being built. Right. So it was a new development. Okay. And he looked at it and he was like, holy shit. I said, look, dude, they filmed inside your garage. I started, and he was like, no way. He goes, dude, I have lived here. He goes, I've lived here over 30 years. I never knew this. Never. He was blown away. Blown away. I was the first guy to ever find it. That's that's incredible. I mean, the re- he was super cool. He let me come in and take pictures. He's like, "Fuck it, yeah, come on in." That's <laughs> that's really neat. Um, it was a, it was a trip. I, I dig it when stuff like that happens. You know. Oh, absolutely. Um, did you do a horror a horror hollow grounds for 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 part two? Part two of uh, Return of the Living Dead. No, I did it as a written article. Oh, so I, I didn't do a video version. I did it. It's in Horrorhound, yeah. So that's I, that's one I was actually considering going back and redoing. You know, because you know now you know now that I'm doing all these video versions, I figured I'd go back and maybe redo that. It's not a great movie. 
I mean, to be honest with you, you know, it's not. It was, it was just one of those things where I kind of was like, well, I wonder where that was shot, and then I, I, you know, did some research and figured figured most of it out. So, you doing yeah. Dead Zone, man? I'm going to lose it if you get to do do that. I, I don't. No, I'm going to have to get my hair all big, like <laughs> walk in, and you know, <laughs> I have to I have to recreate a few of those. The ice is going to break. I mean, it's, I don't know. I have a lot of people get, because I'm not real big into like body horror. And that's one of my favorite, that's my favorite Cronenberg movie. And I love Stephen King. And I've actually, do you know, do either of them like that movie? Does King or Cronenberg like that film? I think they both do. That that one. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. I think they both like that movie. Because it was always one of those things where I was. You know, um, it's confusing because you know I love the Running Man too, the the Richard Bachman thing or whatever. That's another movie. Like it's just a really good Stephen Maximum Overdrive. I mean, there's a few of his that I just I guess they're awful, but I just love them. Um, Yeah. But I was actually offered to do Maximum Overdrive. That was one I was offered. I mean, uh, Screen Factory didn't do it. The Vestron, yeah, Vestron Collector Suit, yeah. But Michael Felsher. who I actually have to give credit to because he kind of brought Horace Hall Browns back to life because I, I did my first episode I did was for the Halloween 25 years of terror. Right. Second episode was Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I didn't do anything with for years. Third episode, you know, again, I was kind of like, uh, you know, I don't really think this is, you know, some people dig it, but it wasn't really going anywhere. But then, I knew the guys making Never Sleep Again because they were actually guys that I did my episodes with. And they were like, hey, you want to do one of those for this? I'm like, fuck yeah. So I did that and then I kind of got, you know, like motivated again. And then, you know, what I was doing while this was all happening, I was trying to get it picked up as a series. I was, I was, you know, pitching it to different networks and had meetings and I had real close at one point like it almost got picked up and then it fell apart so I kind of lost motivation again but then Michael Felsher uh, who I knew from I'm meeting him at conventions he called me up out of the blue one day and he said hey man um, I'm doing bonus features there's this new company called Scream Factory it's a division of Shout Factory and they're going to start doing horror titles and I'm doing bonus features for some of their upcoming releases. And I love what you did with Halloween and, you know, Elm Street. And would you want to do one? Would you want to do that for Halloween two and three? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Right. I would love to do two and three. Right. And so he, you know, got me a little budget and I, you know, we went out and we did them. And the funny story behind this is we did our thing, what we always do, and we turned them, and he loved them. He was like, these are amazing. Turned them in a Scream Factory, and they freaked. They were like, whoa, what, what the fuck is this? This is not what we expected. <laughs> they were a little scared by it because, you know, because I'm, my language is a little colorful, and... I was doing, I was parodying things, so I was poking fun at the movies a little bit, 
but the, but you know, that's the thing. Nobody has ever given me. No horror fan has ever said I've been disrespectful to the films. Hell no. You know ev- everything that I've poked fun at is the stuff that we all poked fun. Yeah. At, you know absolutely. But we still love those movies. But they got really freaked out by certain things. Like there was a whole. I don't know if you've ever watched. If you go to YouTube and you watch my or excuse me Halloween two uncut episode. There's a whole different ending, <laughs> um, and it, they made me cut it. Um, I fought with them on it, but there's this whole different ending that they just were they weren't comfortable with. Um, and they also they they were saying it had stuff to do with well, you're putting yourself in the movie, you know, so you're technically creating new media, which. SAG could come after us for, you know, because those actors that are appearing in those scenes with you, they could come after us for residuals because you're creating new media. It was all, it was like, that's not going to happen. Everybody who's in those scenes with me are my clients and my friends. They're not going to come after us. We were having fun. Yeah, but they still, they made me cut. um, They made me cut a few things. There was, there was, uh, there was that and there was a blooper they might they they made me cut a blooper out of i want to say it was the same episode they made me cut a few things from that there was the different ending which actually the the version that's on the blu-ray or excuse me on the yeah on the blu-ray ended with me at the halloween 2 hospital and i say something like i need to get out of here and then you hear sirens or whatever and it ends (laughs) But the, the version, the uncut version has me waking up in the hospital bed and Jimmy rubbing my hand. You know how he kind of caresses yeah. Lori's hand and yeah. she wakes up and he's all, hi. And he's all, you know, want a coat? Yeah, you want a coat? <laughs> so I recreated that, but I'm the one in bed. And I'm like weirded out by him. Like, you know, what the fuck? Who is this guy? That's that hilarious. My hand. It was really funny. And it get, every time we showed it at conventions, it got huge laughs. And you had Lance in there with you? That's amazing. Well, well, no, he wasn't. It was, I used the film footage, so I made it like I was. Oh, okay. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, got, you should watch it tonight. Watch that episode. That's on, and it, that ending is so fucking funny. I, th- I thought it was great. Um, and then there was one little, it was actually a rustler comment. They made me cut out <laughs> the bloopers, but it's, it's in the uncut version on YouTube. There was... Uh, um. Oh, what did he say? Oh, he said. He, he said. Uh, it, when when we were getting in an argument about Elm Street Two, he goes. He goes, dude. He goes. Freddy Krueger would ass rape Michael Myers. <laughs> and, and, then I, and then I say, dude, I'm not debating who would ass rape who. And then I start cracking up. And but it was just the ass rape comment. They're like, no, that's got to go. Like, oh, my. Okay. What? You know, it was just funny, you know? I didn't know. You know, I it's, to be honest with you, as much as I get a lot of their titles, it's disheartening to me. Because, like I said, the Friday 13th thing, I was pissed because I was just assuming they went back to you because the Halloween set was perfect, you know? Uh, and, a, and a lot of people assumed that when they read on the specs filming locations. They immediately said, oh, that's what I yeah. thought too. They got you so, on it. 
you know, but again, you know, I don't own that idea. You know what I mean? Right. Anybody can do it. Sure. I, 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 I didn't invent the wheel, you know, um, I just may roll a little better than some, you know what I'm saying? Um, exactly. But you know, it is what it is. And my, like I said, Friday 13th part two, Friday 13th part, or excuse me, Friday 13th part three, Friday 13th part six, they're going to be for free on YouTube any day now, you know? So it's incredible. Um, and you know, they could have been on there, but like I said, I have no ill will. I was not, I'm not bagging on them. I'm not. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm not either. I just, it's disappointing because I know, um, what a great job you do, and when you spend a lot of money on a set, I mean, I want the best, and I mean, that's, I think I'm not the only one that thinks that way. We want you, you know, it's, it's, I'm not knocking anybody else that does it, but I, I have a preference, you know, you're a renaissance man, I mean, I want you doing the, when I, when I sit down the special features, like, I was going back and listening to the, uh, the, uh, Craven commentary track that you guys did together for, uh, Deadly Blessing. Oh boy! Yeah, it's 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 incredible. The stuff you've got him talking about in there is incredible. I mean, it's if you're a film nerd like me, like ah, it's it's great. I I have a story about that. If you want to hear it, please, please. (laughs) Okay, so I get up one morning, you know, like eight thirty a.m., and I I get a message from Michael Felsher. Call me ASAP. So I call him, I do, what's up? And he goes, hey man, he goes, is there any way you could uh, go up to LA today and moderate uh, an audio commentary with Wes Craven? And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Hell yes, I'd love to, to, you know, what movie? Deadly Blessing. I'm like, bro, you picked the one movie I've never seen. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, I don't know that I've never seen it. And at this point, you couldn't get it in the U.S. on DVD. It wasn't out yet. Right. So I'm like, shit. I go, I, I cannot, I cannot sit down with Wes Craven and do a commentary for a movie I've never seen before. I can't show up unprepared, you know? Right. So I go, let me call you back. You know, give me 15 minutes. So I called a buddy of mine who lives near me. And I said, dude, do you have a copy of Deadly Blessing by, you know, on any format? And he goes, actually, I have a foreign, uh, you know, like a Region 2 DVD. I go, fuck yes. Can I borrow it like now? <laughs> and, and he's, and I go, what's up? And I told him. And he goes, yeah, you know, I'll bring it over. So he runs up, he runs over to my house. I, I pop it in. I watch the movie. I take notes. I jump in the car, get to LA just in time to meet with Wes, sit down, having just seen the movie for the first time and, and had to bullshit my way through a commentary. Cause when I do a commentary on a movie, it's usually something I know at the back of my hand, you know? I go in with no notes, total confidence. I'm just going to wing it. So here I am, you know, like I'd never seen this movie before. And to be honest with you, I didn't really care for it, you know? Right. <laughs> so, um, but Hey, I'm going to get this, walk, sit down with Wes Craven and, 
you know and then fucking felcher does it to me again he did it to me again like six months later with swamp thing that yeah yeah he's all dude can you do that again with wes yes what is it this time swamp thing shit another one i'm not super familiar with but i own it at least so i was able to pop it in and watch it and get refreshed so it's funny i moderated the two west craven movies i knew probably the least in his entire catalog i would have killed to have you do one with him with shocker and with serpent and the rainbow Oh my God! I would I would have killed those or any of them. You know, I mean, any any. Uh, well, um, they like I said when when they put you on this stuff, it spoils, you know, your fan base like me. It's like it's it's uh, it's 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 good stuff, and you know what to talk about. I mean, to be honest with you, if you didn't prepare, I would feel comfortable you going in and doing. I don't mean to step on your career, but I'm saying I would trust you as a fan. I was like, Sean will knock this out of the park. He knows enough. He talked to Wes, you know. So, um, did you? Yeah, my- my most bittersweet experience, I will tell you one story that was, that really was bittersweet. So, um, so I was working, I did bonus features for almost every friggin' John Carpenter movie there is. Um, that's actually what I was about to ask you about. Yeah, there was a, there was the only ones I didn't work on was they live the thing. I wanted you on big trouble. I was offered big trouble. I turned it down. Not a fan. I'll tell you why. I was offered big. T- this this is why. I'll tell you the story. So I had done, you know, obviously Halloween, Halloween two, Halloween three, sure, The Fog, Escape from New York, um, Vampires, Prince of Darkness, and yep. the Mouth of Madness. I did all of Prince those. of Darkness was right. outstanding, by the way. That was in the Fog one. Both of those are great. Thank you. So I had worked on all of those, and when it came time to doing them. Uh, in, in the mouth of madness. Um, oh yeah, I you know uh, I had interviewed John. Oh, I did Starman also. Yep. Um, and I had interviewed John at this point probably four times in a very short period of time, and he's a cranky dude, and I also have a feeling he doesn't like me. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, uh, what the? I said that's that's terrifying because I've never met him. I'm terrified to meet him. Yeah. He's, he's amazing, but I'm scared of him. Yeah. <laughs> but so, I really felt like I was wearing out my welcome with him because uh, every time I would go see him, it just seemed like he was getting shorter and shorter with me and more grumpy and just more like it was. You know, it's one of those never meet your heroes kind of right. Scenes, you know, right. So, anyhow, in the mouth of man, this is happening. I'm like, fuck, I do not want to interview John again. You know, sitting down in the same room with him again at his office, going through the motions again. Um, Because the last one was pretty brutal. I mean, the last one I had done with him was Village of the Damned. And, or no, it was Vampires. It was Vampires. And I. Y'all did a commentary on, you, you hosted the commentary on that? No, I've never hosted a commentary with him. It oh, was, okay, uh, okay. This was a special was, feature. Okay. It was always just sit down. Sorry, sorry. Just, I was just okay. And you know, I, I think maybe it was. I think maybe we were doing two in one day. Maybe it was Village of the Damned and Vampires the same day. I okay. don't remember, but I just remember it was Village of the Damned. I think, and I said to him, you know, he, I we just interviewed Sandy, his wife. 
you know who worked on the film and right. he comes walking in the room and he sits down and he goes okay just want you to know I don't remember anything about this movie go ahead and I'm like uh oh shit yeah and of course then he went on to answer the questions and talk about it you know he's just grumpy so when it came to In the Mouth of Madness I do not want to interview this dude again and and I contacted Sandy and, and she's like I said how about this you know instead of a sit down interview how about an audio commentary you and him together and she's like let me talk to him she's like okay he's, he'll do it I go okay so I, I, I knew the movie pretty well but I wanted to be on my fucking A game this John Carpenter's the first time I'm gonna do an audio commentary with him right I watched that movie three times and took I took serious notes. I'm like, I'm I'm gonna go in so over prepared, right? Right. So I go to the studio. I pull up. I have pictures of this like parking spots. It says Sean Clark. Now the parking spot next to it says John Carpenter. Like, yeah, this <laughs> that's is awesome. amazing. <laughs> yeah, I go in there. I'm like, sign in. I go. I'm I'm in the studio. I'm waiting for him to show up and him and Sandy to show up and they come walking in. John looks at me and goes, what are you doing here? And I said, oh, I'm, I'm moderating the audio commentary. And he goes, nah, that's not how this is going down. I go, what? And he goes, nah, we're good. We don't need you. And I'm, and, and Sandy's like, John, you know, and he goes, no, 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 we can do this. And she goes, John, he came here to do it. You know, let him, let him do it. And he goes, no, no, we got this. We don't need you. And I was just like, oh my like crushed. Yeah, that was so I mean, not only was I crushed, but, you know, I busted my ass preparing for this. So you you were supposed to do a commentary with him then? I was supposed to, yeah. Yeah. I was there to do it. And then I had to sit there and watch them do it because I had to wait for them to complete it, to have them sign the paperwork, the release forms and stuff. Right. So, you know, I I drove all the way up to L.A., you know, wasted my whole entire day to not get to do what I came up there to do. So, when Big Trouble in Little China rolled around, the next project, they, hey, I said, no, thank you. I'm, I've worn out my welcome with that guy. I'm done. It's understandable. It's under- understandable. I, I, I would have killed to have a horse all the grounds on Big Trouble, though. Would have loved to have done one. Um, but I, I, I was just like, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm tapping out on this one. <laughs> I'm going to share one with you that happened recently that mortified me and it's in the same vein uh totally different but in the in that family we'll say we had adrian barbeau on a couple years ago and she was so sweet and so nice and told us these funny stories about john and it was just a great commentary and from that she was like you should reach out to my son our our son you know cody cody and i did and he's just a or, you know, just someone that I would occasionally talk to on Facebook. We weren't even friends on there, blah, blah. And for our five-year anniversary, like I reached out to you, I, I asked him, you know, hey, would you? I would love to have you just come on. We don't have to talk about anything about your dad. You know, we can just talk about your music, whatever else. He literally basically told me to go fuck myself. Like, how dare you ask me to come on? And I was like, and I'm not bad-mouthing. I'm just telling you the truth. Like, it, I'm yeah. just... And it mortified me. And I... I don't know that I would even ever have the balls to even try to talk to John, even at somewhere where he was meeting people, just because it's like, I got that upset about his son. I couldn't imagine what it would do to me to have John do that to me. 
as a fanboy, you know, like I was like, because I love John. Like yeah. Kubrick and John are like my two, fa- and Hitchcock are my three favorite filmmakers like of all time. Like, and it's I, I could not imagine and for you to go th- just hearing that is just oh yeah, and and you know it sucks because I'm such a fan. And, sure, you know, and 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 it it it, it really. <clears throat> You know, it was just such a bummer. And, you know, every time he puts out a new release from Sacred Bones, you know, I'm pre-ordering it. I get the special edition. Sure. You know, so I brought with me, the last time I went to his office, I had, like, the two latest uh, releases he had. The the special numbered editions with the wax seals. Like, you know, they're yeah. super limited, you know. And I was thinking to myself, when I whip these out, you know, ask him to sign them, he's going to be like, oh, sweet, you picked these, these are awesome, you know. I, I pull them out, I go, do you mind signing these for me? He goes, ah. And he, he just like, like a, ah. And then just gave me like, really like, just crappy signatures, just like, like, and I was like, wow. I was so bummed. I was like, this is just getting worse and worse, you know. This was at the In the Mouth of Madness thing. That no, that was was that then? No, I don't think I brought anything to have him sign it. It was the, that was at his his office when we interviewed him for vampires. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, but yeah, it was just it's just so such a bummer, you know. And the thing about Cody is, you know, I I, I don't know him, but I met him. Uh, Adrian introduced me to him um, at one of their concerts, right? And he just seemed really standoffish, and and um, I asked someone who has known him as a kid since he was a kid. I don't want to say who it was, but a mutual friend, right? Family. Sure, sure. And I said, you know, he seemed, you know, I said, you know, pretty standoffish, you know. And and he looks at me and goes, "The apple too, didn't far fall too far from the tree." <laughs> and I was like, oh. Well, okay, fair enough. I mean, li- literally, and I'm I, again. I'm not trying to speak badly about everything. I'm just being honest with you. He literally told me he goes, "I have zero interest in doing your podcast." Well, hold on, hold on, just a second. Sure. Not yet. No, I'm in the middle of doing a podcast right now. Why? Where are you going? Oh, I'm still going to the store, but go ahead. Okay, sorry. Oh no, I'm sorry, but yeah, it it just really crushed me, and like it was, I I couldn't believe it. I was like, I I mean, I've had people, but for whatever reason, because it's you know John's kid, it's just it still felt just like he had put a cigarette out in my eye. You know, it's like it was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't. I've never understood it. I've never understood the. You know, he's and and, and you know the thing is my experiences with him have been exactly like that going back to the first time I met him in 1994. Really? Yeah. Unfortunately, every time there's been something, you know, just, he's got this weird standoffish thing about he, if you want to talk to him about his work, I mean, he suddenly just gets cold, man. I mean, it's, I remember when I was a journalist, I think I was writing for Dread Central at the time, and I did a set visit. It was a double set visit. It was uh, Final Destination 3 okay. and the Fog remake. Oh, okay. 
they were filming on the same lot next door to each other two different um big uh you know what are those hangers and uh i was over on the final destination three set and i walked outside i forgot what for but i, I walked outside and i see john carpenter standing outside smoking <clears throat> and he they only flew him in for the day to do press because they had his name on the movie as a producer right know? right but he had nothing to do with that piece of, piece of shit remake um but he was there to you know go through the motions so i walk outside i was wearing a seattle supersonics jacket as that was my favorite basketball team at the time okay and uh still is even though they don't exist anymore right <laughs> um so i walk outside and he looks at me and he goes oh hey sonic's got a good team this year i go oh, thanks yeah and we start talking basketball he's a big basketball fan weird yeah he's a huge basketball fan no so idea i never knew that basketball <laughs> everything's you know he's taught you know we're getting deep into basketball deep into basketball now mind you i had just released the halloween 25 years of terror uh dvd through anchor bay you know that was a documentary oh yeah i was one of the you know producers of although not credited long story legal bullshit um <laughs> but i i was one of the creators of that documentary and had my whores all grounds on there and all that stuff and uh so i'm having this great conversation with john he's smiling talkative and i go oh by the way um I'm actually one of the guys that just did that Halloween 25 Years of Terror documentary that Anchor Bay just put out. And he goes, totally face just changes, like completely cold. And he just goes, ah, good for you. Oh. Yeah, and just shut down, man. But boom, shut down on me. I was like, fuck, you know? I felt like I just brought up your ex-wife or something that screwed you over. You know? Oh, by the way, my best friend is so and so who beat you up in high school. You know, Rod, Rod like exactly. Yeah, it was uh, it was not good. I was like, well, okay. So that ended that conversation. I did an interview uh, in 2017 with. Are you familiar with a Chicago death metal band called Broken Hope? No. So their guitarist is a is a huge horror fan and a big horror writer. He's just big he's just big into horror stuff. And somehow we got into a tangent about John Carpenter and his exact words to me were he Jeremy is friends with Kirk Hammett. Kirk Hammett got him to meet John. He brought a bunch of stuff to John and I don't know what time frame this is and John apparently was just he signed it crappily signed all of it was not very nice to him and then Jeremy basically told me to never meet him. Yeah. And I and I mean it's it sucks because I mean I just want to walk up and be like do you have any idea how many times I've, you know, watched they live and just thought wow this is you know filmmakers like John Carpenter George just the whole film it's just so it's mind blowing you know and Keith David and Roddy Piper and you know just anything any of his work and it's so disheartening to hear like i don't i've never talked to anybody that that was honest with me that was like oh he was it was great you know <laughs> i don't know anybody who's ever said that he was great you know i mean i'm not denying his genius oh I mean, absolutely i love him absolutely probably hands down my favorite horror director of all time same here um, 
for whatever reason, man. Yeah, just not much on personality, unfortunately. And, you know, I mean, like I said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to badmouth the dude. I'm just Me either. Totally Me yeah. either, or even the thing with Cody. I mean, I'm just relating with you. Like, I, I just, I don't think, I, I mean, I couldn't imagine that, like... John and, and Stephen King are two people I've never met and probably never will. And I, I just, I always try to keep in mind, I've never heard anything about Stephen King, but John, it's one of those where it's like, it's just so disheartening. Like, I don't think I would have the nerve to even walk up to him and just even have him sign something and not say anything, you know? Yeah, I met Stephen King once and he was super nice. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. Stephen was cool. That's, that's, that's great yeah. to hear. Uh, with uh, you had touched on earlier, and and I'm not trying to keep you. I just wanted to ask you a couple more things. Um, with Kubrick, um, like you were talking about Clockwork Orange, um, have you ever thought about doing any of of his other work? Like, is there any of his other pictures you'd love to do, like a Horse Hollow Grounds for, or, or or even a Hollywood's hard a Hollow Grounds for? Well, I did a Horse Hollow Grounds for Clockwork Orange. Um, but I didn't do it as a video episode. I did it as a written article in the magazine. Okay. Um, I would. I also believe I did Shining. I think I did the. I think I did the Shining. Um, uh, yeah, I did. I did do the Shining as a written article. That's, That's incredible. What I'd like to do as a video. Um, and how I would do that is, I would do the book, the movie, and the miniseries all in one article because there's so. <laughs> much confusion amongst fans about what was done where and you know because you'll have people say oh yeah they shot the shining at the you know in colorado at the stanley hotel and it's like no that's not where they shot the shot that's where he wrote the book that's where they shot the miniseries though right and then some people say well no they shot it at timberline lodge in mount hood it's like well no they didn't shoot it at timberline they had an aerial shot of the timberline and then they replicated the timberline in england at elstree studios um you know so people get confused on that and then there's the anawani in uh, uh yosemite national park which is the hotel they modeled the interior of the the, the uh, overlook so i would want to go to all those places and explain everything you know, like, this is where it was actually shot, this is what it was modeled after, this is what was shot here, this is where he wrote the book. You know, I want to kind of want to do a big, crazy episode tying everything together, because I did my best to do that in the article. It would be incredible. let's face it, not too many people read the article, so. Well, it would be incredible to see you do that. Um, and there's, at Elstree Studios, and I, I have a connection, I think I'm going to be able to get in, there's a section of Elstree Studios that still exists that is some like it's kind of office space warehouse. I mean, I don't know what they use it for now, but long story short, the the kitchen from The Shining with the freezer that yeah. she locks him in and everything yeah. that is a real existing part of a building there at Elstree that they just kind of converted for the film. And it really? still exists, and it's still the exact same layout. You can see the pillars. You can see where the freezer door was. Um, so it's like I really want to get in there and document that too before it gets torn down. Now, is this is this all in England? Mm -hmm. That's that is absolutely yeah. incredible. Um, 
to do this episode, I would be all over the place. You know, Yosemite National Park, Mount Hood, Oregon, uh, Denver, Colorado, uh, and England. <laughs> Just to get all these shots. I had a question for you about The Shining. Is it true? I'd always heard that, and, and forgive me because I, I, I'm assuming, is it Ridley that borrowed for Blade Runner from The Shining from Stanley? Is that like that that the car shot the the uh, the in the theatrical version of, of uh, Blade Runner that the the yeah well I mean Shining was shot first so it'd have to be Ridley that borrowed right from Stanley right. I knew there was like something to do with it that the, the, were Deckard and and and, and uh, Sean Young are riding off, and there was like a the, the pan out yeah. scene. There's something about at yeah. the end of the movie, right? Yeah, right. I tell you, as a fan, Sean, there's there's one movie, well, two movies, uh, and again, these aren't horror films. That if if you ever did a, a Hollywood's uh, Hollywood grounds for, I would I would fall over dead. Which one? Back to the Future, the first one, and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders would be tough. That's all over the place. Yep. Um, Back to the Future has been done to death. I mean, like, you could probably go on YouTube right now and find 50 Back to the Future right. location right. videos. Right. I mean, but yeah, I mean, if you want me to do it in my style and have fun with it and everything, yeah, I mean, I could. It All that stuff is pretty accessible and, you know, maybe I will get to it. You know, I, right now I'm really trying to get through the ones I really want to do. Sure, of course. And I was really on a roll here during the pandemic, you know, when I didn't really have to work and, you know, wasn't doing the conventions and all the booking and being constantly busy. And now that that started up again, you know, it's really put me behind the eight ball, you know, because I've shot, I think I have something like seven episodes, you know, completed that I just don't have time to edit. Right. Um, and all this other stuff that I had filmed uh, that I haven't had time to edit. You know, right. It's, it's, it's become a bit of a, an issue because I'm one of these guys, I'm, I'm not a super perfectionist. Like I, I will spend 20 hours editing a 15 minute video. Oh, you know, wow. I will, I will like get in there and you know, I just, I get real crazy with all of this, getting everything just right. So, um, it's, uh, I can't just wing it, you know, these, like my buddy, Adam, Adam, the woo, he literally goes out, films something during the day, edits it at night, puts it up the next day. Good God. But, but he doesn't do the crazy shit I do with like putting in the movie clips and matching everything perfectly and this and that. He, he's he's a little more. It's a little more. You know, it's his style. He's got a different style. He's sure. more uh, sure. renegade, uh, run and gun kind of vibe. <laughs> right. And you know, um, so that's you know, I, I can't. It's funny because we went. He contacted me uh, and said, "Hey, I'm going to go do." This was back in October. I'm going to do Rob Zombie's Halloween how would you like to come do it with me, like co-host it? And I go, fuck, dude, I've been, I've been planning on doing Rob Zombie's Halloween. I've been working on it. I've been getting everything dialed in. It's something I was going to do any day. So I was like, 
uh, you know, so I'm in an awkward position here because you want to do it and I want, you know, I'm going to do it. I said, so how about this? How about I'll go with you. We both shoot it at the same time. We both appear in each other's videos, but obviously yours is going to come out first because yours will be up tomorrow. <laughs> right. And, and, and that's what we did. And uh, I still haven't put mine out. And that was, you know, we shot, we started shooting in October. I've gone out and shot other stuff since then because there were a couple minor locations he missed. Um, and mind you, they're very minor. He's pretty thorough. He's he's pretty on the ball. And, and I did not know these, you know, I wasn't holding back from him. I was not holding out on him. I found out a couple spots, like minor spots, after he and I did our, our episode. But but then, for example, one of the one of the locations we went to was the interior of the elementary school. Obviously, all the schools are shut down. It was sure. you know during the lockdown, so that was one of the things. I'm like, I'm gonna get in this fucking school. I'm gonna get in this school, and I'm gonna get all those shots. I'm gonna get the bathroom they bully him in. I'm gonna get the library. I'm gonna get the 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 principal's office, the hallway, you know, everything. And I went up there multiple times and finally one day saw a janitor walking outside. I came up to him, offered him a hundred bucks, said, Hey, you know, and he was, he was like, look, I have to run it by the principal. I can't just, you know, bring in and let you film something or whatever. You know, I, I just said, take pictures. I always say that. I go, just want to take a few pictures. I'm a big fan. And then I film. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Well, this is pictures. They're just moving pictures. Um, but uh, he, he came back out and said, "No." Nah, she said it was cool, you know. Uh, uh, and uh, and I gave him the hundy. You know, I said, I'm a "Man of my word, here you go." And, you know, go buy yourself a nice lunch. You know. Yeah. And he took me in every room, hooked me up, and it was great because school school hadn't started back up yet. Um, it was like right at the tail end of like when things when things were starting to reopen. Right. Uh, the school year was just ending, like for summer, and I got in and did it. And I just again, I haven't had a chance to finish it. I'm, I'm it's it's real close. I get distracted with other things. I start like, oh, I want to do like right now. Like I'm just dying to to edit Killer Clowns and Lost Boys because it's all fresh in my head. I can't wait to see I, those. <laughs> I have all these other ones I've started. I really need to get done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Another wish at the list. Same time, I'm also editing the thing with two heads episodes, which takes a lot of time. Oh, you know? okay. So I'm doing all that shit. I don't know how you do it. It's I tell you another wish list one I would love for you to do is smoking the bandit. Oh, that would be fun. Not high on my list, but I would. I don't know why. I I have a weird repertoire of stuff I've liked since I was a kid. I don't know. I just think it'd be yeah. fun. But well, my bucket list one, one that I'm dying to do that I'm going to get out there someday is meatballs. Oh, <laughs> that would be great. That is, it, but it's in Montreal, Canada. It's, is it? Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, it's a camp in Can- It's a real camp in Canada. It's high on my list, and I'm going to get out there one day, and I'm going to do it. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's funny is the... Little Darlings was uh, it's 
it's not a very well-known movie because it's never been released on DVD okay. or Blu-ray. Um, so it only came out on VHS, and not too many people know it. If you didn't see it when you were a kid and watched it on It sounds really whatever. familiar to me. It's a camp movie from 1980, uh, starred Christy McNichol and Tatum O'Neill and Amand Arsante. And it's basically like tough girl, street girl, and a rich girl go to the same camp. They become rivals, and they get kind of pinned in a competition to who could lose their virginity first. And it's like a movie that would never get made today. <laughs> Two 15-year-old girls, you know, seeing who could lose their virginity first. And um, Matt Dillon's in it. Matt Dillon awesome. plays the guy that Christy McNichol's hooking up with. And Armand Arsante is a camp counselor that Tatum O'Neill is trying to seduce. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, I found out in, during the process of researching Friday 13 Part 6 heavily that it was the same camp no shit in, in Georgia and then I was like holy shit this is the camp from Little Darlings and I started looking at it and realizing holy shit it is the same camp in fact you know like they use the same cabins and stuff and you can match everything up and I was like wow I could do both so I started heavily researching Little Darlings I wanted to knock that one out too and the funny thing is I was more excited about Little Darlings than I was Friday 13th Park <laughs> Well, I mean... Um, but I did both. I did both, so... That's that's incredible. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many movies I, I could imagine that, you would, that you'd want to do like that. I mean, it's... I think that's... I'm going to have to try to find... Is, I wonder if Little Darlings is streaming on anything. I, I think it's on YouTube. I think oh, okay. you can watch it on YouTube. It's nice. A, it's actually a great movie. I mean, if you, lo- if you love, like that era type meatballs I do. movies you'll you'll dig this this one's got a little more serious tone but it does the wacky camp antics too um, it sounds good and it's just rad because I mean Matt Dillon is so I, I mean I, I love Matt Dillon same here then, and he's so great I think it's like his second movie ever um, and uh, let me see um, Over the Edge is another one I'd love to do but that one I've kind of too late they tore the high school down i mean that's kind of the main location from that film oh, okay you know that movie i do i haven't seen that in a long time i definitely know that one yeah that was matt dillon's first movie oh wow um but uh but yeah then here's another interesting thing as i'm doing the little darlings i realized that the dining hall at that camp is not the same dining hall in Little Darlings. And I'm like tripping out. I'm like, what the fuck? Huh. Why is this dining hall not matching up? So I kind of gave up. I shot everything I thought I could shoot. I went back to the, the camp office to return the keys. And I was actually in my car about to leave and I saw a ranger pull up. And I jumped out of my car and I said, hey, you know, quick question. You know, I said, sorry to bother you. I said, I'm a big fan of this movie, Little Darlings. I went to the camp out here, filmed everything. You know, I said, but there's this dining hall. And I said, it does not match. It's not the same dining hall. And I know they didn't change it because it you you can see the dining hall on Friday 13th Part 6. Right. It's the, what they used as the, the little girl's cabin. Right. And I, I said, is there another dining hall on this property somewhere that, you know, looks like that one but's different? 
and he like thinks about it because he'd never seen the movie and he goes you know what i bet you they used camp rutledge i go where's that and he said it's about 20 minutes from here and i said is it accessible to the public and he goes nah it isn't but you know what i'll give you the gate code you can go out and check it out <laughs> I was like, really? so he gave me the gate code, and i went out there and i filmed it and uh it was the dining hall dead on and then two weeks later they dropped the trailer for fear street i'm looking at camp nightwing from fear street and it's camp rutledge and it, it and it's the same dining hall and i'm so i called chris christopher nelson i go did you guys film a camp rutledge and he's like yeah <clears throat> and then netflix put out this big thing on they tweeted out that they're that fear street was shot at the same camp from Friday 13 part six and I went online and did a whole thing about, nope, you guys are wrong. It's 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 a camp near it, but it's not the same one. And I basically called them out and did a, I did a video on that. That's amazing. It, which, like, movie web picked up, and it kind of went semi-viral, I guess. But not really. But uh, anyway, it was like, sorry, Netflix, you're wrong. Right. It isn't the camp. Y'all need to the do your research. Labor State <laughs> Park camp is where Friday Part 6 was filmed. Camp Rutledge is where uh, Fear Street was shot. So, But they are, in, they're technically in the same state park, like, but it's two different camps. Gotcha. Anyway, I'm sorry, I'm no, very long-winded. No, man, I, I appreciate you doing, taking the time to do this. Um, so you've got uh, Whorehound Cincinnati coming up. I'm assuming you've got some folks you're going to be with there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the shows I have coming up um, the f- next for by the time this you put this out, the next one will be um, oh, Jesus. What, oh, uh, Mad Monster Party, North Carolina. Then after that, Horror Hound Weekend, Cincinnati. And then after that is Monster Mania, Maryland. Okay. And then Phantasm in Orlando. Gotcha. Orlando, Florida. Yeah. So those are the next big ones coming up. And then I think the weekend after that is Son of Monster Palooza in Burbank, California. So, oh, cool. Yeah. I'm just boom, boom, boom. Like every weekend. It's crazy. I've always wanted to ask you to kind of close this out. How did you end up becoming a, a handler for celebrities? Um, well, uh, it's a long story. It was, uh, it was, it was totally by accident. It was, it was literally somebody asked me if I could, you know, I, I, I knew a promoter and I helped a guy get booked into a show Okay. Um, that had never done one before. And then he had a great time and then he asked me if I could do it again. And I was like, yeah. And then I started, you know, it, he kept asking me and it was like, wow, this is like, you know, getting to be like a job. And then I was like, well, you know, I know this guy. There was a guy I knew that was a you know agent for celebrities for conventions. And I had met him a few times at shows. <clears throat> so I was at a convention and I saw him and I just kind of asked him, I said, you know, hey, you know, how, how does this work? How do you make money? I mean, how, you know, right. And he kind of stupidly told me, um, 
because <laughs> I ended up like being, I guess, his biggest competitor and kind of surpassing him. Um, but you know, I asked him. I said, you know, because I didn't know how it worked. I didn't know how he made money. You know, right. Clearly, he did it for a living. And I never wanted to do it for a living. I just wanted to know how it worked because I wanted to, you know, hook the, you know, be able to do it right. And the biggest thing that he told me that that clicked with me, and it wasn't the money because I didn't care about the money at all. Right. It was. He told me, "Oh, you know, they'll fly, they'll fly me in and put me up." And I'm like, "Well, what?" He goes, "Oh, you know, they fly me in and put me up, you know, to be there to take care of the clients." And I'm like, "So the convention flies, pays for your flight, and they give you a hotel room, and you get to go to the convention for free?" And he's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Dude, sign me up, you know, because I right. loved going to conventions, and I would pay to go to conventions myself, you know." So that's pretty. That like, that, that's that's awesome. all I cared about. But then after a while, the money part started. Where I was like, "Wait a second, this is actually I'm doing. I'm actually making a little money." Right. And and it just snowballed, you know. And next thing I knew, I I was able to quit my nine to five job and do it full time. Well, the last time I saw you, you were with Tom Atkins, if I'm not mistaken, in Cincinnati. And uh, oh yeah, that best great experience. It was incredible. Um, but when you do that, do you do you generally have multiple people when you go to do this stuff? Now, do you have a bunch of folks that are there with you, or is it? Yeah, I mean, you mean clients? Yes, clients, clients. Yes. That work with me? Oh no, clients. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know. That's incredible, Sean. In Chicago last weekend. I had 21 clients. Like there was Wow. I think the show had 25 guests and 21 of them were mine. That's incredible. Yeah. No, it was crazy. It's like, it, you know, when <laughs> it's one of those things, you know, I got to do my, I got to do my job. Um, uh, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, so when they're asking me like, oh, hey, you know, can we get this person, this person, this person, I just keep saying yes, yes, because it's my job to get them work but then when it's like you sit down and you realize holy shit i got 21 people <laughs> that is a stressful weekend you know i can imagine it would be um because yeah, you know you got 21 people calling you texting you wanting to know where i'm supposed to go you know uh, you know asking you a thousand questions you're just being pulled in many directions right um, it can be very stressful Oh, I can I can only imagine. Well, I love it's always just one of the side things with you that I always thought was fantastic that you do that. Um, I, I always thought it was really cool. Um, I guess one of the first things when I before we'd had you on the podcast, I guess was this thing that you had done that with several different celebrities. I just thought it was really really cool. Um, it's got to be a, an interesting job. Yeah, I mean it's it's you know it's got its pros and cons. I mean it's got a lot more pros and cons, but you know, the downside to it is kind of like what we were touching on earlier, getting to actually know some of these people and them disappointing you, you know, okay. and that's part of the business. I mean, you know, uh, it, you know, you, you, you come, you find out some people aren't good people, you know, um, 
and you know unfortunately it totally sours your your experience watching their films for the rest of your life you know oh i can only imagine you know i mean i've had a couple falling outs with a couple celebrities you know um and it's usually it's usually you know uh i don't want to be a dick but it's usually them not me you know what i mean it's, I understand. it's usually right it's usually their issues um and it's unfortunate because you know for the rest of your life it, it could be your favorite movie but if you have a bad experience with a celebrity the rest the rest of your life every time you watch that movie you're not you know movies are supposed to be escapism you know you watch it to escape from the real world unfortunately this kind of stuff pulls you back into real life and you're and you you can't enjoy that movie anymore because now you're thinking about what a dick that person is or something you know what i mean right i've experienced that Um, a lot with musicians yeah no i i I know that too yeah it's 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 a bummer it is well, Sean, I can't thank you enough for taking all this time to do this with I'm so excited to have you on for our five-year anniversary, and I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on and do Phantasm again. My, per- my pleasure, man. I-, I appreciate you asking. And tell everyone right now that about the, where they can find the YouTube channel and, and anything like that. Um, well, my YouTube channel is malfunction it's m-a-l-f-u-n-c-s-e-a-n so it's basically the word malfunction okay you get rid of the t-i-o-n and add my name s-e-a-n to the end of it it seemed clever at the time but it's really harder to to spell and people i I think (laughs) i think it messes people up but you could always just look up horizontal grounds or the thing with two heads and you know um um find me that way but uh and all my social media is under Malfunction, also Twitter and Instagram and uh, Facebook backslash Malfunction. So, um, yeah, and so I'm out there being annoying every day. <laughs> I think it's incredible. I'm gonna have to go watch that un- uh, the unrated uh, Halloween two. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. Um, uh, you know, it's it's. It, it, it probably won't age well. It probably it's it's pro, it's already probably considered not politically correct, but uh, but it's funny, you know. And it's like you know, I mean, I'm I'm humor is not supposed to be safe, you know. Comedy is not supposed to be safe, and yep. you know, it's it's a sad state we're in in this world where we can't just laugh at things, you know. It, everybody has to be offended and. You know, I, I'm traumatized by your words. It's like, you know what? There's there's a difference between being hateful and just having a sense of humor. You know, I agree. Um, and it's, uh, you know, I'm, you know, even though like the context of that joke uh, at the end of that episode, you know, some people would say it's homophobic. It's not. It's just being funny. It's taking a scene and making it funny and. You know, I, I have many, many close friends that are gay, and, you know, they think it's funny, and they have senses of humor, you know, but unfortunately, the millennials and the new generation all want to be upset about something, so. They got to erase, erase us, I guess, because we have a sense of humor. Yeah, 
it's like you know what I hate to break it to you but you know trying to erase history isn't gonna change the fact that history happened you know what I mean exactly uh, it, 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 I think you know you, you need to be able to like kids today have no social skills because they don't know how to talk to people they don't know what it's like to walk up to a stranger and make a friend you know they do it all via social media and you know you know the guy kid today wouldn't have a clue what it would be like to walk up to a girl at a mall and try to like you know you know pick them up or whatever <laughs> exactly you know, like have, yeah like we used to have to do back in the day they have no social skills you know they you know but it's all done through social media and i think it's really stunting the growth of the future generations and it's making them more narrow-minded and it's making them uh you know obviously have less of a sense of humor and uh i kind of weep for the future <laughs> i know it's terrifying it's that's its own horror movie <laughs> yeah no it is it is and you know it's but I, i'm so grateful i grew up in the era i did you know me too me too Absolutely. Well, anyway, on that on that really delightful note, <laughs> <laughs> on that uplifting speech, <laughs> um, Sean, thank you so much again. I I can't thank you enough for doing this. It's it's awesome to have you back on, and I hope you'll come back on again sometime. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me.